Oh, crikey, take those off. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to uh, tonight's, uh, well, the first of many, hopefully, uh, Rail Matters with me, uh, Gareth Dennis, uh, rail engineer, writer, uh, general procrastinator. I do all sorts of things. Um, this, hopefully, you can hear me fine, marvellous. The sound quality should be good. Um, welcome, Michael, who has no idea who I am. Me neither. But uh, gets a notification, is interested, so joined. Hello. Um, so, uh, some of you may have spotted uh, on Monday, I'm going to stop erring, I'm going to go into lecture mode. Some of you spotted on Monday that there was a dispatches about the railways, and it was actually mostly quite good for a, for a mainstream railway documentary um, covering sort of things. It, it, it placed the blame squarely at the feet of government, which doesn't happen very often. Normally it's like, ooh, rail industry, bad, and that's, uh, and that's all we get. But... Um, yeah, this has been a bit, it was a bit more sophisticated, and I was pleased to input into it in a, in a little way. Um, as some of you might know, kind of one of my big sort of things that I like to chase after is that all of the railway's problems, kind of the root cause is the fact there is no plan. There's no strategy, no plan, uh, no purpose, uh, and everything's just sort of feeling around in the dark. Um, and this is just getting worse and worse because... Uh, we've got this rail review, the Williams rail review that was sort of enacted last year uh, and has just kind of trundled. In fact, was it the year before? It might have been the year before. It's been trundling along slowly um, and supposedly is going to be published, but actually the government can't decide. The conclusions of that probably don't really suit the government of today. So um, uh, yeah, so they're going to, they're probably batting it back and deciding quite how they're going to word that. Um, coronavirus, uh, stay safe everyone, by the way. Uh, I've been working from home. Oh, I will segue, and I will segue into segues, so I can only apologise. Um, yeah, so uh, the government, uh, uh, coronavirus is going to cause all the railways to get nationalised anyway, so let's not worry about that. Um, uh, so step back from that, and uh, big plan. So I thought, part of this programme, I can kind of set that, push that agenda a little bit by talking about fairly easy things that could be delivered if we had a bit of a plan. Uh, and so that's where I came up with a list of, well, okay, I came up with a list of 10 things, but actually these were squished down into um, into nine nine things because uh, the program wanted me to include Leadburn Junction, which I didn't have any interest in including because I don't really care. It's not that important, and HS2 will fix it fairly soon. So forget Leadburn. Uh, that was because they probably already filmed a skit about the great train robbery, and it was an interesting little waste of five minutes of the program. But the others are a bit more interesting. So, uh, who have we got here? Um, do, do, do. Yes, hello. I do have 10 things to fix. Yeah, forget Leadburn. Uh, so, it's nine things, really. So, we're going to list nine things today. We're going to talk about those. Um, good evening, everyone. Oh, and so, firstly, I have my tea. There we are. Tea in a nice uh, LNER LMS joint working mug. David would be proud. Um, oh, that was probably horrible because I've got a lapel mic. Sorry, everyone. Um, who else is, who have we got? Uh, this is a kind of an open chat. So I'm hoping that it'll last. Well, we'll see. These things end up lasting a lot longer than I intend them to. So I think 15 minutes for railways explained lasts half an hour, half an hour for a HS2 live, which is sort of the trial run of this. And it lasts mm, an hour. So this probably will end up lasting an hour. Maybe, um, everyone's been put, oh yeah, this is the bookshelf. So there's stuff. This is welcome to the office. Um, this is our office, although it's a bit rail heavy, I'll freely admit. Um, yeah, there are various things. Wallace Henning's uh, rail manual is up there, British rail manual. Uh, anyway, so this is all like 
Oh, right. So I'm going to go through. I need to pay more attention to the chat. This is not going to be professional in any way. So if you thought this was going to be a really slick production, no. Uh, maybe in like 10 episodes, I'll have worked out how to use a decoder and I'll be able to flick to like slides and maps, maybe even in a few episodes. But there's time. So we're starting, we're starting easy and we'll see how it goes. Um, so we've got, I mean, we've got 20 people watching. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. So, right, let's have a look at the chat. I need to pay more attention to the chat. Unfortunately, it's on this screen over here, so my, I'm going to be looking over here. Uh, hello, everyone. Hey, Gary. Hello, um, hello, Michael. Hello, Matt. Um, uh, da -da -da. Yeah, I'm a big pro HS2 person, and a lot of people, a lot of the response to this program was, oh, we should be building HS2. Like, if you'd watched the program, they didn't say that, and I made sure, I made very sure, and thankfully, they were quite explicit. Even in the little trailer, they're explicit that I support HS2, which I was happy about. Um, so this TV program for Simon, who is in Germany, is a half-hour program, and it talked about, it started just by showing loads of people struggling to travel around uh, in Manchester, and, and well, mostly Manchester and, and the north, around Folkestone, Manchester, which is one of the main areas. Hello, Sarah. Um, uh, and... Uh, what else? So uh, then it went on to talk about uh, pinch points, the fact there were some pinch points, and then I I, I swan in in my in my um, jumper and trousers, which I then promptly spilled wine on. Oops, uh, they're still downstairs needing a wash. Actually, let's not talk about it. Um, and I talk about those pinch points, and then they they talk about rolling stock. Oh, they talked about electrification in the first half as well, in the first little bit, which was good. So that that was really good. They didn't talk as much about the boom and bust as I'd have liked, but half an hour they had to talk about you know the great train robbery and and Halligan to do his Jeremy Clarkson impersonation for half an hour solid. Um, and and then the end of the program, it talked about rolling stock that needs to be put press gang back into use, which is like probably the most rubbish bit of the program because most of that stock is, is, is no good, is good for nothing but scrapping. Uh, the class 319s uh, should have been running uh, as part of, as a result of Northwest electrification phase five, which was up to Staleybridge, which would have allowed a lot of diagrams, which is where a, a train is, is what a train can do in a day. A lot of diagrams would have turned from diesel to electric. Um, Sarah, if you mention Hyperloop, uh, you're gonna get you're gonna get a perma ban. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Hyperloop. I was waiting for for that to get a mention. Um, right. So, uh, good gosh, chatting is on. Anyway, yeah. The point of this is, yes, I'm going to talk about a theme, but if you've got random railway questions, chuck them in, and I'll try and answer them. This is not going to be structured in any way, but it should just be an hour of like brain dump and maybe a bit discursive. I'm hoping at some point I'll get guests in. Sarah, actually, you're one of the guests I want to get in because you're quite pro at high speed and anti-people who are um, Muppets. And anyway, yeah. Uh, right, and it means people can't shout at me for being, uh, uh, you know, not having other people in who have other views. Uh, right, Matt, oh God, I'm so far behind. This thing flicks, which is quite annoying. It like updates when I'm trying to read things. Uh, people are laughing at the Leadburn thing. Yeah, forget Leadburn, that was, uh, that was Magica TV. Uh, they asked me to put it in, so I did, because it meant that they included the other stuff, so. And to be fair, it meant that all these other things, which I'm going to go through in a minute, went on the map that appeared halfway through the program. So halfway through the program, there's a nice graphic they'd use my Google. They'd literally this Google Maps. Oh, there's a link. Let me uh, let me share this link in the chat. I think I can do that. All right. Copy. Done. Yeah, lovely. If I do this, can everyone open this link in the chat? Because it'll help. So I've just sent a link. Yeah, good. You can open it. What program is this? Uh, this was um, this was dispatches on Channel Four at the start. You can catch it on all four if you're in the UK. If you're not, you can use a VPN. Oh gosh, right. So um, this is so bad. I'm falling so far behind already on the chat. Uh, Ten things to fix. Leadburn. Uh, 100% agree on HS2 views. Oh, good, lovely. Um, uh, uh, it's the new the new bookshelf putting everyone off. Can you stop the TV program? Yeah, tried to do that. 
lockdown is going to be a good time to write Wikipedia railway articles. Yes. And one on uh, Dr. David Wickens, actually. It's on my to-do list. Flip chart behind you would be a good idea. I'm going to do, I'm going to do slides at some point. I just need to work out decoders, which is fiddly. And if anyone can give me help on that, uh, DM me on Twitter. Uh, someone needs to clean up that H high-speed rail article. It's met Sarah, which high-speed rail article do you mean? Uh, is it one of mine? Uh, yo, uh, got a Rolling Stock question for you. Yeah, ask ask away. Um, I'd like to see the line between Maidenhead and High Wycombe to be rebuilt. Yeah, so there are loads of lines to be rebuilt, but this isn't about, this isn't, a, I'm not going to chat about lines that need rebuilding because there's a big difference between lines that need rebuilding and pinch points. Lines, all that you're going to do if you open new lines without fixing pinch points is make the pinch points worse. So I'm all for lines justifying uh, reopening, but just because something closed before isn't a reason to reopen it, firstly. Uh, and secondly, they're kind of two things. Pinch points are about fixing serious problems we've got by the way that we run trains um, where we just have log jam. Uh, new lines are all well and good, but they're kind of a different thing. You, you can't really do one without the other. Um, Castfield Corridor needs Hyperloop. Uh, can I have a quick discussion on the works along the Southwest Main Line? Uh, what's going on on the Southwest Main Line? Oh, they're digging it up and replacing, uh, allowing more drainage through there. But there are some other things that might be happening I don't know of. Uh, what's what's the name of that work? We've worked on that in the office. Uh, Daniel Coates' question about the Southwest Main Line. Anything more specific? And I'll see if I can address it. Um, David asks, I get they can't run electric trains without the electrics, but why can't they chain diesel trains together to give more than two car trains? Because there aren't enough uh, that are compliant with current accessibility standards uh because we have an obsession with i mean even some of the new ones have been bought as two and three car trains it's just nonsense trains should be bought as five car even those com the community ones should be five car trains minimum i just i don't get it but it's expensive right you know we have a railway that's run thin on the ground train up there you know, the leasing companies don't want to have a train that's not got people filling all the seats up uh that's what happens when you have private companies owning a load of uh, publicly purchased stuff um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Just imagine the acceleration turning people in rush. Yeah, Hyperloop. I, I think you're right. Hyperloop between Leeds and Bradford, I think, is the vital. We need that. Um, just think of the speed there. You, you'd get up to about 60 miles an hour and then you'd be decelerating again. Anyway, uh, honestly surprised nobody has nicked the 365s. Yeah, the three. So the class 365s are the happy trains. They're perfectly good, really nice electric trains. Uh, they're just sitting collecting dust in crew, I think. Uh, ridiculous. Um, uh, if they weren't complaining about the trains in the sidings, they'd be complaining they aren't compliant. Absolutely. Well, from my perspective, I think I'd prefer trains to be stuck in a siding not being used than not be accessible. And uh, that's a, a, weirdly, and apparently it's a controversial view. But disabled people uh, have had a rubbish time of it trying to get onto our trains for long enough, frankly. Uh, and maybe if they're, uh, if everyone else is suffering overcrowding, they'll actually, someone will pull their finger out and fix the problem. Uh, right. I thought, uh, yep. Okay. Do you know much about the works on the Southwest mainland near, uh, Tymouth Dawlish? Ah, so at Dawlish, they're just doing stuff to shore up the coastline. It's nothing very substantial. It's not really any change to the railway infrastructure. It's more just shoring up the coastline there to stop it getting washed away. Uh, right. Where are we? Uh, any country that does have a good rail strategy, nowhere, nowhere will have a perfect rail strategy. Switzerland sort of goes for a, we're going to have everyone having rail and it's probably all fine. They've got, um, oh gosh, I've forgotten the word for it. Siri, probably help me out with this. Basically, there are places that have a, a, a type of timetable that works with, you have a, a core that's high frequency um, and then you have a fan that's reasonably high frequency and then buses that feed into that. And everything works so that you're only certain distances from any, uh, so they do have a strategy and it works. And that's Switzerland. And that is part of 
uh, is actually part of the Labour manifesto, but Labour. Uh, that never happened, obviously, because we started trying to shove a load of random stuff in at the last minute, which made people think, what the hell? Anyway, that's another story. Uh, don't need a TV license for all four. Woo, yep, good. Uh, we'll show you what we can do with Elon's money. Now. <laughs> Sarah, you're being, you're being naughty. Uh, right. Uh, no Hyperloop chat. That's not allowed. Um, general article has been taught to hide. Oh, is this the one that went? Oh, yeah. Don't worry about that. Dollish new higher wall. Yes. Oh, good. Good chat. Yep. Good. Right. Okay. So lots of questions. People ask me what I think of Shinkansen. Um, it's just a high speed line. Uh, it was Japan's. Japan did it first. Dedicated high speed line. Um, it took us. We were third in the world to do a dedicated high speed line, albeit a short bit uh, around Selby. Uh, there's a good railways explained about that that you can go and find. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, right. Let's have a look. Uh, Three six five wasted. London. Yeah. Ah. Tact far plan. That's exactly the word I'm looking for. Thank you, Simon. Tact far plan. Um, right, we've caught up. So, pinch points. Without any, uh, and I will send a spreadsheet around for people to look at, or I'll, I'll do it in a thread for permanent rail engineering, and I'll go through each of the pinch points. But essentially, so we've got our nine, we've got our nine pinch points, right? So that in, in alphabetical order, we have, and you can all get the map up, we've got uh, Birmingham New Street, the Castlefield Corridor in Manchester, we've got the Didcot area, um, which is down on the Great Western Main Line. We've got Ely North uh, Junction, uh, Exeter to Plymouth. Uh, we have um, Finiston to Hindland in Glasgow. Uh, I'm ignoring Ledburn Junction. We've got Leeds in the area around Leeds, which is a nightmare. Uh, Norwich South and Nottingham to Lincoln. Norwich South is is just a few things that that help around Norwich that unlocks quite a lot in terms of connections for a huge rural area that's massively forgotten. Um, and Nottingham to Lincoln. Basically, what I mean by that is removing Newark Flat Crossing because that's a massive constraint on east-west travel. Um, now, what's the highest priority pinch point? So I don't – of all of these pinch points, the highest priority ones – okay, you could probably look at it in terms of passengers that you you benefit. Um, Birmingham New Street is probably at the top of that just by the fact that if you look, you go to the West Midlands and the growth in the West Midlands over the last 10 years is like nearly 300%. It's absolutely massive. Um uh, yeah, so the the like the the scale of of growth of passengers in Birmingham is massive, and doesn't get talked about much because uh, well, Andy Andy Street's picking up a bit of traction, but for some reason doesn't get a huge amount of noise. If you so, for example, uh, if you look at University Station, um, that is a that's the station that's one of, if not the most overcrowded station in the UK. As in, like the platforms are like people like getting pushed towards the edge. It's so busy. Um, the trains that go through there. So I use passengers per hour per direction as a sort of a measure of how good a, a rail system is in terms of its throughput. That's its potential throughput. So that's the maximum train capacity. Um, so not all trains will necessarily have that capacity. But if you did run the trains that have the maximum capacity times that number by the peak service per hour. So how many trains an hour call at the station, and that gives you. Uh, passengers per hour per direction, PhD of uh, of a station or of a of a single line. Um, Thameslink, so that's the line that goes through tunnels, goes underneath, um, uh, kind of goes over the top through Black uh, of the Thames at Blackfriars, and then ducks down under um, and uh, ends up at King's Cross through Farringdon, and then disappears out in both directions, north and south. It goes through London Bridge the other way as well. Um, that has a throughput of about forty thousand, forty I think forty. 
maybe even 42,000 passengers per hour direction. That's massive. It's the, the, the most, the highest capacity line in the UK. What time are we doing, by the way? Quarter past. Um, Birmingham, the cross city line, which is the line that goes sort of south Bromsgrove through University, through New Street, and then disappears up northwards towards Litchfield, um, has a, a passenger per hour per direction value of 6,850. So that's uh, 16% uh, of Thameslink. Why, why is that when it's got 300% growth figures? Why is it not justifying? And bearing in mind all the trains are horribly full at peak time. Why is it not justifying the bigger investment? And to be honest, that's the same story for most of these places, even relatively speaking. So Manchester, um, so firstly, okay, Birmingham New Street, what things do I include within my list of interventions? So um, not, there are two, two kind of lumps of work there. Uh, one of them is the Midlands Rail Hub work, which is about two billion quid. It's a kind of a package of works, uh, Borsley Cords, uh, enhancements at Snow Hill, um, uh, and turnback facilities at Kings Norton, um, that sort of stuff, um, to basically allow trains to use more street and not new street. New street's rubbish. It's, it needs to be downgraded to a suburban-only station um, because at the moment everything's trying to cross. You've got things kind of going through and getting in the way of other things. Things going to go through this way and other things going to go that way, and they just get in each other's way. It's a mess. So the more stuff that you can route through more street, the better. Um, that'll help. Uh, HS2 will help hugely there. And actually, Birmingham's a, so Birmingham gets quite a good release fairly quickly with phase one because you'll pull a load of trains that just sit holding up platform space in New Street. The, the Pendolino is there now. Theoretically, those will just get all... Hopefully, they will be shifted over into Curzon Street and they'll stop behaving like that. They'll change the way that the service pattern works and they'll, have, um, they'll, become, they'll use those as more kind of fast stoppers. We'll see. Um, and the other thing is and it's not it's maybe a longer term solution but is i put aside about 800 million which is for quadrupling between coventry and birmingham not the whole way you probably have dynamic quadrupling so that's where you have, there are currently two tracks which is ridiculous and lots of stations that get served really badly because it's two tracks and this is the eternal problem of why hs2 is a good idea is because you have two tracks platforms on either side of those two tracks train comes through um has to when it stops um you need a huge gap behind it in the timetable so that the fast train going along 125 miles an hour doesn't catch it up, which is rubbish. So a bit of quadrupling will help. And actually, it'll help that allow, because HS2 isn't a complete solution, you're still going to have a conflict between the kind of semi-fasts and full stoppers. Um, anywho, so uh, Birmingham U Street, uh, there are some things to be done around there. So next one's Manchester. And to be honest, it's finishing the Northern Hub upgrade. So that's going through the Castlefield Corridor and quadrupling it, adding P15 and P16. There are other things as well, actually, which is another plan which I didn't include on here, which is uh, reopening for passenger use, the, the kind of the loop around the back of uh, through Denton, um, which I did a thread on, which allows you to route stuff that goes up through uh, quite a few northern trains, northern services that kind of go up, I think Southport, I think go up towards Southport, and they go through Castlefield. Actually, you'd be as well to route them through Victoria the back way through Denton, which is the double whammy of allowing you a suburban service um, in parts of Manchester that don't currently have a suburban service. So you'd end up with a nice sort of eastern orbital around Manchester. Eastern, if this is nerd, um, which would be good. And that'll free up a few paths. Ultimately, though, Castlefield Corridor, the upgrades for Northern Hub are a compromise. Um, they are a big compromise because actually what you need to do, and it's the same in, with the cross city line Birmingham, the ultimate solution is where you have, uh, you tunnel underneath just like Crossrail does. You have two tracks several platforms that are suburban pla stations sort of buried underground and you bypass the lot so you avoid any conflicting moves 
the best railway is one that has no SNC on it apart from at the ends, and it just runs like a conveyor belt back and forth. And that's what you need in the Cross City Line in Birmingham. It's what you need on the through the Castlefield, or actually through what was the Manchester Piccadilly to Manchester Victoria Tunnel uh, scheme, which was developed in the 70s by British Rail. Funnily enough, that's still the solution that's needed there. Um, will it happen? No, not for a while. Uh, HS2 and Northern Powerhouse Rail will help, but ultimately you still need to have, if you want decent metro services, you need some segregation. Right, I'm going to stop and have a cup of tea and read some questions. Keep throwing them through. Uh, so that was Birmingham and Manchester. They're kind of the big hitters. And uh, to be honest, they're the ones that have been done to death. You probably all know about those. Uh, right, gosh, let's go through here. Okay, so assuming HS2 gets built, uh, what would be your what would your ongoing 50-year rail strategy be? Electrify pretty much everything. Uh, rolling program of signaling upgrades. Uh, continue to uh, renew everything so you've got the late, as much new material as you've got to deal with things like thermal expansion and generally to get reliability up. But lots of rolling programs. Um, continue to roll those top rolling programs of pinch point up because to be honest with the railway you fix one pinch point you do end up create or identifying a load of others so you need to just tackle those as a rolling program um but having a basically long term talk about what the railway want the railway to do it's like actually how many people move now let's make it in terms most of them are by car how are we going to stop that happening so let's do things like looking at the busiest motorways and get and work out how you get as many cars off motorways as possible look at the busiest commuter routes uh, like around Nottingham, Derby and, and Leicester is just horrendously busy for commuters. Work out how to fix that problem. Um, anyway, right. So uh, someone's a little bit confused about the Bombardier Hitachi merger for HS2. Um, yeah, that is just a thing. Uh, they'll they'll kind of maintain sort of, we call them Chinese walls, I think, in the industry. They'll sort of pretend that they don't hear what's going on on the other side of the desk, even though they've merged. Um, and to be fair, they're still in different offices, so it's quite it's quite different. Do we have enough engineers to do all the nine pinch points at the same time? This is part of the reason you have a big plan. And I think I did a thread about this, and I'm happy to chat about it as a, as a theme in the future. We have an engineering skills shortage, a chronic engineering skills shortage. And the reason for that is because we have boom and bust. We have like... The Tories announce a load of stuff and then they cancel it like five years later or three years later. And then they announce stuff and then they cancel it. And they announce stuff. and it's hopeless because the industry doesn't know whether it's up or down. Um, and you can't, if I'm going out to recruit people, um, how do I do that if I don't know what work there is um, five years down the line, let alone the reality is like I don't know what work there is three months down the line these days. So um, that's the sort of the situation at the moment. Uh, so if you had a, a long-term plan, and a series of rolling programs that you say, right, here's our long-term plan. We want the railway to look like this in 2050. Go, do that. Then you set up rolling programs to deliver the work. Um, and then you can build up the skills you need. And then uh, the National Guard for High Speed Rail becomes useful. Uh, would HS2 relieve some of the strain at Leeds by bringing the high-speed trains into a new station? Chrissy, absolutely right. So that's Chrissy Caulfield asking that question. Uh, Bob on. Um, so Leeds is another one. Let's, let's, uh, let's jump to Leeds, actually. So Leeds station is a really tricky one. Um, there are dynamic loops that need to be put in um, between Leeds and Micklegate. So that's where Leeds, that's kind of the eastern in and out of Leeds. Actually, for tracking Marshall Lane Viaduct isn't necessary if everything's electrified and if you have modern uh, ETCS and ERTMS signaling through there, because everything will sort of slot in a bit like Thameslink. So you don't need to for track there. And the cost, there's one landowner who owns basically everything, all the buildings, all the clubs along there. And if you bought it all off him, that's your budget. Just got you. Just spent all that money. Um, okay, 
in my eyes, ideally, we just purchase it. We just say, no, no, mate, we're requisitioning it. We're the state, and it's necessary to move people around and not destroy the planet. But unfortunately, we don't live in that world yet. Um, anyway, so he would ask for a three billion. So sod that. You don't need to. You just need to upgrade the track uh, so it's nice and smooth. And the SNC is a bit of a mess on the eastern approach to the leads. Um, ETCS electrification, and you can get everything nice and close. You don't need to four track that bit. So that solves that. Further out, though, it should all be wired. Um, you can do line speed upgrades around uh, Neville Hill uh, Depot, where currently there's a bit of a kink and a straight bit and a kink. Actually, you just put a single curve in there, you get the line speed up. Um, there are other chats about introducing a junction and, and a segregated bit of fast line that'll skip, um, uh, that will skip Garforth actually and join uh, HS2 and then link up near Colton. Where so that'll skip the problems of the reverse curves at um at garforth which is stuff i've worked on actually so the things you can do east of leeds electrification is a key one and remodeling lead station but hs2 chrissy exactly as you say at the moment leeds is very constrained it's like lots of uk stations we built all around it so it's it's a, quite a narrow uh, patch you can't add any more platforms really they've dug up a bit of car park to add a new platform zero at the top there's not much you can do so to add extra capacity hs2 comes in like a t and adds a load of long distance platforms to free up these existing platforms for more suburban services, which is a win. Also NPR will use it a bit, but that just gives you lots of extra platforms, which is good. How are we doing? 25 past seven. Um, uh, demolish it question mark says Matt. Do you mean Leeds? Uh, one of the current problems in Leeds is all Wellington platforms are basically bodged together. So you have to put a zoom into platform eight. Yeah, exactly. So HS2 frees that up. Um, more street makes so much more sense than new street. Yes. Um, what else have we got? uh oh sorry uh yes hello everyone yep uh more street does get very crowded so the plans to build a completely new concourse further down more street to maintain the nice historic bit but actually to build a bigger concourse which will then connect across a plaza into curzon street that'll be quite nice um uh more street yep yeah yeah rebuilt the shopping complex no real change to platforms or track um, are we talking about new street yeah the challenge with new street is that um the bull ring which is just on the Eastern station throat, the foundations of the bull ring trap the, they actually trap the station throat. So that's the bit, all the SNC, all the junction that kind of gets you out there. And it can't get any wider. So you can't add any platforms into New Street because there's no way to fan the tracks out enough to get them into it. And besides, fanning tracks out in a very short space of time is a nightmare. Ideally, what you'd have done is Berlin Hauptbahnhof it and just buried a whole load of station box underneath. But doing that whilst maintaining the station above it would have been horrendously expensive and complicated and would have required a big plan. And we don't have a government that cares for that sort of thing. Um, so let's see. Da, 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 da. Yep. Uh, yeah, Sarah and Chrissy, I think you're, you're chatting about what happens with getting the fast stuff into Leeds. Yeah, it's a nightmare. They all come in on one track um, and it just locks everything out and it's just a mess. So having them come in um, as T's into the T will be a lot better. Um, Let's see, one of the reasons you get stopped at Dawlish Warren for 15 minutes so the high speeds can pass you without slowing down. Yeah, exactly. It's a real problem. Uh, that's rubbish. So that's another one of my pinch points. Okay, so we've done Leeds. Uh, I'm going to skip Dead Cotton Ely for now. Exeter to Plymouth. So basically what I mean by that is reopening the line from Oakhampton uh, kind of through and round to... Uh, oh, golly. Tavistock. Uh, whichever side of Tavistock you go, uh, there, there are various options. Uh, coming back round, so you have a, an alternative route uh, and ideally, you'd make that the Great Western Main Line, or sorry, the Southwest Main Line, and then you'd make the Dawlish Line more of a commuter route that you just sh shuttle stuff along. So rather than having a train every hour or half hour, you have a train every 15 minutes. 
um, or more frequent, because actually extra to Plymouth is a very, you know, people think, oh, that's no one down there. Relatively speaking, the growth on that commuter route is huge. It's really big. There's a lot of growth along there. Let's have a look. Well, I pulled up some numbers for this. Um, yeah, like 100% growth uh, over the last 10 years. That's substantial. That It's doubled. That's a doubling. And how many tracks have we added? None. Uh, brilliant. So extra to Plymouth. So that comes back to what Daniel's talking about. So, yeah, so what you do there is you wouldn't need to have all that messy timetable of like things kind of having to get out of the way and you just run you just shuttle stuff back and forth stops every station you can have a frequent service it's simple it's easy if there's delays it doesn't throw a whole timetable to pot you just have a couple of trains that are out of sequence not a problem um uh, sarah's saying that she'd uh, send the huddersfield bradford harrogate stoppers into leads from the east hmm uh oh yeah okay i see what's going on uh, yeah, there's some some minor crane easting going on. Yeah, there are things you do around Leeds. Uh, it's yeah. Ultimately, it, Leeds has got the problem of uh, it has no mass transit system. So you need to work out what that looks like before you start mucking around with heavy rail because the two need to be utterly interlinked. You can't develop one without the other. Uh, right. Let's have a look. Simon is asking when you say this has to be done. This is the solution. Are you saying this coming from your experience as a rail engineer? Or I don't know, did you write analysis about that? Um, this is me as a, a rail engineer and as someone looking as a bit of an idealist about what about sustainable transport and how we move people around, um, how we really drive modal shift away from cars. And uh, the ways to do that is fundamentally, there's only so much you can do with new trains and uh, new operating kind of regimes. In, in Britain, we've had an obsession with squeezing everything we can out of the existing infrastructure. And it's quite impressive but at some point, you, you, there's a case of diminishing returns. That point is now. Our railway is so busy that any delay is, it's a bit like fluid dynamics. Everything's so closely bunched up together that a delay ripples through and travels you know, much faster. The speed, it's like the speed of sound. If you have the speed of sound in air, is much slower than if you hit a hammer on a piece of metal. Um, if you have a really busy rail network, the delays travel through so quickly and echo around the whole country, Whereas, um, which means that as soon as something goes wrong, it just goes all over the place. I have a sip of tea. Um, minor thing, but my desire would be to get oh up to Cambrian coast speeds. We get up Cambrian coast speeds. It takes so long to get anywhere. Yeah, I take that route to get home every now and then. Uh, my parents live um, along that line. Um, oh golly, right, what have we got? Uh, yep, Sarah's waiting for twenty twenty three when Leeds Mass Transit gets cancelled for the third time in twenty years. Yeah, it's really a sorry story. I feel like that should be like a well, there's your problem story. Like Leeds Mass Transit, it's just a horrendous story of like central government being an absolute uh yeah um what else have we got oh, i've got lost again it's really hard to go through this oh golly uh very minor thing desire okay yeah can you use the double capacity long uh, double line sections yep cambrian uh the challenge of the cambrian is an analogy i use isn't it it's the aberystwyth analogy is that the tr trouble is is getting them between wolverhampton and Birmingham new street and Birmingham new street to international that's a hugely constrained corridor if anything goes wrong on, on there you're stuck often you find i used to get that train a lot we just sit in shrewsbury waiting for the path to appear on there uh, uh at wolverhampton uh sarah mrs Androdonis for making labor ditch bionic duckweed uh yeah it's funny that we picked that back up again isn't it Bionic duckweed is the word that I think Roger Ford probably came up with because he likes his animal analogies um, for suggesting that anything other than electrifying a railway with 25,000 volts above your head and wires is a good idea because it isn't. Um, it's the best way and we should be electrifying pretty much anything. Oh, FYI, 
the rules for electrification, if you have more than six trains an hour in one direction, or it's 100 miles an hour or more, those are like baseline, it needs wires. The economics are automatically, it needs wires. And then after that, you just fill in the gaps. And then the only things you kind of have left are the little rural tendrils, which either you electrify properly or you maybe use batteries. Uh, hydrogen is not the way, sorry, everyone. Um, uh, Michael says that I'd be a great transport minister. I wouldn't, I'd be dreadful, absolutely dreadful. Heart Wales Line, for example, why don't they run pallet light into modal trains? Oh, I feel like I've missed something there. Uh, yeah, why not? We need to travel, uh, we need to carry more rail freight. Again, increase, getting rid of these pinch points is part of allowing more rail freight to run. Demolishing lead station, making it less grey would be nice, yeah. Uh, what do you think about TRU, Transpennine route upgrade? This is from Edward. Uh, we're currently doing prep works for the upgrade works and other lines. Yeah, that's going to happen uh, eventually. Um, but it's slow because we don't have enough people, because government drip feeds, because we have such small minds in government when it comes to rail across the house, to be honest. Um, because we have a fixation with keeping things exactly as they are, because everyone traveling by car is fine, apart from for the environment and the 2,000 people that get killed by road vehicles every single year. Uh, and we seem to just think that's fine. Uh, actually, screw those guys. Uh, do, do, do. TRU is way overdue, should be finished by now. Yep, TRU should have been done. The plans for transparent route upgrade, uh, there's a permanent way institution presentation by a certain Graham Bunker on that in York in the, mm, was it the late 90s? That's been in planning since the late 80s, well, since the early 90s. Um, and then uh, there was a whole, we we're going to get all the trains that eventually are turned into the crossrail trains, but we we're going to get these lovely express networker things that look wonderful. I think I posted it on Twitter. Um, really nice. Uh, really nice slick trains, electrified, would have been wonderful. Um, privatization got in the way of that because everything got dropped. Uh, I get the, you get the feeling I don't like the current government. That is accurate, yes. Um, they did that in Antwerp Central. Kept the upper level going while building two levels below it. That's what should have happened at Birmingham. We just have small minds in this country. We just think, oh, I'm not like that. them in Europe who have all their high, you know, the railways are not perfect in Europe by any stretch of the imagination, but they build them bigger and so should we. Um, DFT in general, yeah, it's true. The DFT have real problems. To be honest, it's not even necessarily DFT. It's, it's the Treasury. The Treasury should be abolished. This is my controversial opinion. Abolish the Treasury. Turn it into a non-governmental organization that kind of does the admin, but just abolish the Treasury. It's toxic from root to branch. Uh, it's like the Home Office. Abolish it. Turn it into a few administrative NGOs. It's toxic. It's uh, an evil place. Um, let's go. I try and not make this too political, but it might happen because let's face it, it's an hour of me yammering on. Let's do another. Let's have okay, so some questions. Let's do another couple of these. So I skipped Didcot and uh, I st skipped Didcot. Have you all got your maps up? Yeah, maps. Tell me if you have. Um, maps. You got the map. It was further up. Oh golly, I'm falling behind. Um, so Didcot, there's quite a lot to do. It's one of the major pinch points on the Great Western Main Line. Um, and in order to get in order for the Great Western Mainline not to need its own high-speed line, that lots of these sort of major segregation projects need to happen. So, uh, so Didcot East Junction grade separation—it's a massive project, a little bit smaller than the Reading projects, a bit further up the line, but similar scale. Um, uh, also, quadrupling Didcot to Oxford, so that you need to four-track right the way from Didcot up to Oxford because so much uses that—not just com uh, commuter, but obviously there's a lot of long-distance stuff uses it. Um, that all needs to be electrified. Oxford North Junction needs remodeling. Um, this is particularly for freight as well, actually. There's a huge amount of freight uses this. It was part of the electric spine, I think. I think it, is that right? I think it was on electric spine. Uh, and then, yeah, the whole lot needs wires. Electrification to Oxford and beyond, um, definitely. Uh, Ely, 
Okay, so Ely, Ely North Junction is a no-brainer. We've needed to do this for years and years. The challenge isn't so much the actual remodeling itself. It's kind of all the level crossings everywhere around it. They're like 40 level crossings on, and closing those or doing something about the road there is clearly a nightmare. Um, so that's the challenge. And that's why it's jumped up to about 600 million quid uh, or more. But frankly, it needs doing. That's not a reason to put it in the too hard box. We're, I'm, we need to not put things in too hard box. I'm in front of a camera. For, forgive me for being idealistic. Right. Uh, let's go. DFT. Uh, labor under Darling has a lot of transport. Absolutely. Yeah. Labor, new labor for transport was an absolute mess. All the franchises they let were a disaster. They didn't, um, they didn't buy back the rolling stock, which they should have done. Also, they abolished the strategic rail authority, which is a good idea, and they just got rid of it. Ugh. Um, bit more impressed with Sunak and Chaps. I'm, I'm jury's out. Jury's out. Um, David Shepard would back a pinch point petition on the parliamentary petition website. Yeah, you created one, or was that just a screenshot? Um, Daniel Coates asks, or no, says, uh, we're now running an odd timetable where some commuter services are only stopping at odd stations and others doing all of them. It's confusing as hell. Yeah, so for, my, for me, I don't want a complicated timetable. I don't think people should have to deal with a complicated timetable, and I don't think people care if the journey lasts 15 minutes longer or whatever, you know, 10% longer, if it means that there's more consistency. Um, so HS2 should do all the long-distance stuff. That's why I have not many stations. All that long-distance stuff happens on there. And then all the trains on the existing network should stop everywhere, or at least should have um, much less uh, complicated, like, skip all these. Ideally, everything runs and stops at every station on the existing network, because then you can have all the same types of train, all electric, obviously. You can run simple timetables that are easy for people to understand. Connecting is easy because they're so frequent. The trains are so frequent, you don't worry about, oh, I've missed that train. I've got two, two hours and 23 minutes to wait. Um, all that sort of good stuff. So we need to have a much more, um, much less drive on journey times from from station point to point, and more attention to overall what's your door to door journey time, including the fact that you've got so many frequent, so many frequent services you don't care about changing. Um, do 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 do. Uh, opinions on Crossrail Two? Yeah, it needs to happen. It doesn't have to be and or, um, but Crossrail Two needs to happen at the same time as we're doing the other. Like Crossrail Two cannot be prioritised over other stuff. If Crossrail Two is happening, then then they need to be doing the equivalent of that work in Birmingham and Manchester. They should be doing Pickvic uh, and Cross City burying tunnels. Tunnel boring machines, get them out, get them everywhere. Um, uh, oh, I've caught up a little bit. Daniel, a delay on a high-speed train kills local commuter down here in the southwest. Yeah, it does. The southwest, particularly um, once you're down from Bristol southwards, it's just the perfect example of an absolute nightmare because you've got the trains, you've got all these um, IETs that are whizzing through and want everything else to get out of the way. And then you've also got loads of local stations that deserve to have a decent service and don't because they, you know, three trains go through at full speed and then one little pokey pacer comes through. Um, everyone forgets the paces in the Southwest, don't they? Solidarity. Um, my grandparents lived down there. Uh, let's have a look. Devolution agreement will deliver leads. Uh, I wouldn't count on it, but hopefully uh, that's Gary being optimistic. Always be optimistic. Uh, hope is important. Uh, Crossroad 2 is just not long enough. There needs to be more on each end, quite possibly. Uh, oh, God. Uh, hydrogen, agree. Yeah, I'm sceptical. I mean, there might be some applications, but don't forget, hydrogen is not green at the moment. It's a, it's uh, very much messy. 
uh, carbon-wise, uh, and also it's an energy vector, so it's not any more energy dense than diesel. In fact, it's much less energy dense than diesel. It's a nightmare. So I'm very skeptical. Electrification on the southwest coast between Exmouth and Tynemouth. Um, yeah, actually. So David Shearers and the Rail Engineer magazine published it, and I'll put the graphic up uh, when I can. Did a great map showing all of the what, what ought to be electrified, and it, basically it's like yeah, pretty much everything, and then some fringes that you probably can't. Um, but the southwest mainline gets electrified down to its very end because obviously it does because long distance trains run on it. So if you electrify it, you can get rid of the stupid diesel engines underneath the IETs. It's a no brainer. Um, how would I secure this kind of rail strategy from changing governments and politics? Um, by getting involved, by getting involved in the party that is clearly a little bit more focused on uh, the future. Green, Lib Dem, Labour, I mean, Labour for me, but um, don't get involved in the blues because they're a waste of time. It's a sinking ship. Um, go for everyone else. And if everyone else is saying the same thing, then it might well happen. Um, but just get involved. Tell your MP. Talk about the fact that you think there needs to be a future rail strategy. Uh, get involved in writing policy for local parties. Get involved in campaign groups. Um, become an engineer or a transport planner. Change things. But the only way you change things is not by shouting on Twitter about it. It's by getting involved. So, yes, I do all this stuff here, but I get involved in this TV program to try and up the agenda that was put to Hugh Merriman, who's the chair of the Transport Select Committee. He saw my list, you know, lots of things. I, I do a bit of stuff behind the scenes in Westminster when I can, that sort of good stuff. Um, get involved. That's what you have to do. Electrifying diversion routes for, yep, absolutely, Sarah agreed. Um, electrifying diversion routes, Michael, Michael, bimode and hydrogen are all compromised. Yeah, so tilting trains, bimode trains. Um, what was the other compromise the other day that I was thinking about? Uh, in any case, these are all compromises. Bimodes, because we can't be bothered to electrify it, and tilting trains, because we can't be bothered to build, re rebuild or realign our railways to be straighter. You know, um, These are compromises. Uh, uh, let's see. Hydrogen, less green than diesel currently. Yep. Uh, Harry Mayne asks, how do speed upgrades on existing routes work, such as the proposed idea up to Stirling Dundee to 110 miles an hour? That's fine if all the trains can do that, but if you have the line speed upgrades where you're just increasing the speed for maybe express trains and the local trains stay as slow as they did. It's a, it's a bad idea, actually. But what they generally do is things like upgrading track and upgrading signaling, because signaling actually makes a difference to that. Um, in terms of actual track realignment, not necessarily that much. Occasionally, you have a few curves that you might maybe eke a bit out of realign. Um, we should do much. I mean, roads do this all the time. You see them all the time, little forgotten bits, the little square bits that have got a road corner. We need to do more of that on the railway. Trans we need to change the system so you don't have to apply for a huge parliamentary act to straighten out a curve a bit. We should be um, pursuing Transport and Works Act orders en masse to, to do some of that to get speeds up. But it's not so much speeds up, it's more to normalise speeds. So, for example, Newcastle, Carlisle, there's loads of it. It just weaves all over the place. And there are quite a few bits that are just, you don't know why it's weaved other than because they didn't want to spend the money on the earthwork. Well, frankly, we can put we can spend that money now and improve that route, for example. That's not one of my pinch points. It's just, yeah. Uh, where are we? Right, so Glasgow, Finiston to Hindland. So Hindland East Junction remodelling and Hindland Station total reconstruction. Uh, this is the busiest bit of railway line in Scotland. Uh, you need about, it's not much, 300 million really to sort that out-ish, um, maybe 400. Um, hugely congested. So many trains go through there. And yes, you end up creating bottlenecks elsewhere if you fix that. But at the moment, that's a real constraint for suburban connectivity through Glasgow and actually out even towards Edinburgh, like really echoes all over the place. That's a really busy bit of railway. I think they've put video, I think ScotRail have put time-lapse videos of how busy that is. Just bonkers amounts of trains going through there. Um, it's cool. Fix that. Uh, what are we doing? 1940. Oh gosh, it's almost quarter two. 
Uh, see, I told you the time would go quickly. If you've got questions, chuck them in. Um, Heart of Wales is one case where electrification not viable, 120 miles long, outside battery trains range. Fuel cells could be a viable diesel alternative at the moment. Yeah, it, I mean, my logic is if you're pushing beyond where batteries can go, then you probably should electrify it anyway. Um, but, you know, it's not like, you know, infrastructure is good for its own sake. It is. Uh, oh, let's, uh, so near Reading, so near Crossroad, da, 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 da. Uh, what have we got? Um, this it was. Level crossings are evil. They are, yet we need to get rid of all of them. Uh, electric spine with Southampton, Oxford, Varsity, MML. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, that was just a screenshot. What was a screenshot? Oh, dear, I don't know what I just did. Um, 750-volt third rail versus 25-kilovolt overheads. Uh, OLE, not OHLE, just a little minor thing. It's OLE. Um, which would be best for future widespread adoption for the national network? Oh, 25 kV all the way. Um, third rail is a nightmare. You can't go faster than 75 miles an hour reliably. Um, it requires a huge number of um, it, it requires a huge number of uh, substations to feed power onto the railway. Uh, it's not, no, it's, uh, no. For a suburban network, it's fine, but it's limiting, you know, it's a real struggle to get power into trains. You can't, like, it's a problem for Southwest Railway at the moment. They can't run their timetable with, basically, without adding a lot more substations. So, no, third rail is bad. Um, sorry, uh, Driver Potter. Uh, didn't make a real petition. A real petition needs to have, ah, yes, okay, that's true. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely, Sarah, you're right. Uh, da, 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 da. And they don't even like approving third rail for infill, which in some places might be a good idea. But now that we've got, now that the, the European standards mean all trains have to work with both, they have, all have to work with both overheads and uh, third rail, I'd argue that you should still wire it, even if it involves pan up anyway, yeah. Hydrogen isn't good for transport. Space it needs, starting to make it green with hydro panels. Yeah, there is progress, but it's miles off and wiring is cheaper and quicker. Uh, leave the paces alone. They're being paired up with sprinters now. No, the paces are awful. They need to be scrapped. Every single one binned. Uh, was it rail life? Hydrogen change seems to think recharging batteries was somehow possible. Um, I was on that train. It was exciting at the three miles an hour it went out. I don't want to be mean about the, about Birmingham. They're, they're, they're good guys. And, and it's good work. It's good development work. Research for research sake is also good. Like just because I don't think hydrogen is the answer doesn't mean I don't think people should be trying to develop it because they may prove me wrong. Um, how do, I, how do I do train planning? Uh, Greens need some common sense injection. Yeah, um, if you're in the Green Party, good. Tell them to change their pro, uh, policy on HS2 as a matter of urgency because it's dreadful. Uh, da, 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 da. Conference is pretty democratic, so it could be a good entry tactic. Yeah, uh, da, 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 da. what have we got? David, uh, HS policy doesn't help. No, I agree. Um, like some chat about the class 230, which is the Viva Rail sort of, uh, right, okay. I'm going to have a Bayadero. This is the last Bayadero. I think it was being saved for me because um, they're very nice. They're from Serbia. I'm going to have one because I need some sugar um, while I read these questions. Would third rail be good for the West Ham line in Scotland? Absolutely not. No. Uh, electrify it. If you're going to put electrifying up, because you'd have to have, um, you'd have to have uh, so many substations, it'd be useless. Hmm. APT was awesome research that should not have been binned. Absolutely. Mm. Let's see. Oh, APT is totally going to be an episode we do of this, by the way. Absolutely. No doubt. I could talk about it for hours and hours. Thanks, Gary. Um, pleasure. Well, let's not talk about Brexit either. Right, we've caught up. So what haven't I done? Norwich South. There's not much to say, really. Does anyone know Norwich? Anyone in Norwich area? Um, Trouse Swing Bridge. Needs replacing with a two-track proper new bridge so stuff doesn't have to wait. And actually, I added one of these on here that's happening now. 
So I put Holly Junction in. That's happening. I didn't know it was happening because I don't have all these things in my head. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, so that's a couple of things around Norwich, which will help Norwich. But more importantly, they help all the local services that come into Norwich. It's not so much the fast stuff. It's about the local services. So you can get more of those into Norwich Station. And then the last on my list is lovely, the Newark Flat Crossing removal and grade separation. Um, East-West connectivity in the UK is rubbish. Um, and one of the problems, with uh, one of the key pinch points, and a major area of growth actually is commuting along that line, Newark Castle, the, kind of the lines through Newark Castle. Um, getting rid of Newark Flat Crossing needs to be a priority because <clears throat> it really limits the growth on that route, Nottingham to Lincoln. Lots of students use it. Lots of people actually commute along there. Um, there are lots of Alan Partridge named railway stations along that route that are actually quite busy. So that needs to got rid of. I did a video recently on it. It'll be on here. And um, that talks about um, the fact that it's not easy. It, originally, British Rail had the offer to put the railway up next to the A46 as it went up and over. They turned it down. Anyway, they didn't have a budget for it, in fairness. And they, they, if they'd done that, they'd have had to front half the budget and they didn't have the money for it. Um, we have a lovely, wonderful system in this country. Um, let's see. Pace is horrible, especially if you're a cyclist. Yeah, what can we do to replace Derby Research Group? Well, I'm optimistic that the that UCRIN, which is the kind of uh, the UK railway research kind of integrated networky, uh, basically it's a network of universities trying to collaborate with the industry, with the Railway Safety Standards Board, with uh, the Office of Rail and Road, trying to connect all these things together, and with doing a lot of research in Europe. Um, lots of good stuff is getting kicked out of that, but it'll never replace the raw research that happened at British Rail. It all has to be commercially sensible and all this stuff, whereas actually BR Research just did research for the hell of it because they could. They you know, invented UFOs and stuff, but that's a good. It's good to invent stuff that's just pointless and useless because as long as it's within the bounds of research and isn't distracting politicians, <coughs> hyperloop, <coughs> autonomous cars, um, it's fine. Uh, let's see what else have we got. Let's go through the questions. We've got um, we've been on for fifty one minutes. Ooh, sorry, everyone. Um, oh, I'm just gonna put these on because it's getting a bit. Oh, there we are. What do you think of the idea of a London orbital railway? Uh, yep, necessary, particularly for freight. They should build it. Get proposed. Get get Cray and Easting, and then start start submitting things to your MP. Uh, they call them motorway by E numbers, but don't ask me why because they're Euro, Euro routes. Um, the development work in Birmingham, uh, Birmingham are doing on fuel cells will also benefit other sectors. Yeah, exactly. There are lots of things. Um, East-West, uh, Oxford to Cambridge line would help divert people away from pinch points. Uh, yeah. But that's what I don't know why we have to think of just one line that does East-West. We should be you know, doing that and other things. The whole point is that the rail network needs to double its capacity. And that only takes 10%. That only accounts for 10% of the current people that you have know, current road transport. So the railways need to be doing a lot more to get people just out. So we have to have some people, the Greens often shout at me and say, yeah, but we need to be reducing trans travel. Well, yeah, we do, but that's not going to get rid of the 90% of people who or 88% of people who travel around by, you know, in, on, on the roads, motor traffic. We need to do reducing travel and doubling or tripling the capacity of the rail network. All these things need to happen. Uh, H2 should have stuck with going alongside the M1 in South Yorkshire, a nice parkway station. Yeah, fully agree, Sarah. I think the Sheffield station logic uh, with the current route is rubbish. They should have had a South Yorkshire parkway, which would have served Doncaster better as well. And then you'd have built the network around that. But anyway, uh, politics got in the way of that, unfortunately. 
that's my own personal opinion. Obviously, there's a huge development team who are working on that to make it work. Um, I don't claim, unlike Messrs. Elif and McDonald, I don't claim to have some hidden Oracle knowledge. They might know something I don't, and there's a reason why it can't go that way. But on the face of it, I think it's stupid. But there we go. Um, you can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. When uh, HS2 is built, and if it, if it is eventually joined by high-speed one, um, what would be your preferred long-distance sleeper routes? Oh, come on. Everywhere. Get every capital city in Europe. Let's make it happen. Manchester to Hamburg. Let's, let's go there. Talking of British Rail, they could do a refinishing intercity house. It looks like a Tate when you go into Plymouth. Yeah, well, perhaps. Um, David, that's Daniel Coates. David Shepherd uh, asks... How do you do a London? Oh gosh! How do you do a London orbital railway when you have wired on the north side of the Thames and the third rail on the south side of the Thames? Would you have it switched like Thameslink? Um, yeah, you just have it switched like Thameslink. The technology is quite straightforward to do that now. Gary Keener could talk all about it, I'm sure. But um, yeah, not a problem. Technically, we could possibly go from Scotland through to China if we use those changing gauge carriage stock. Uh, sort of, yeah. There's a lot of gauge changes. Um, local authorities have been banding around the plans to reopen a branch line around 10 miles long near here. Bristol, Portishead, right? Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Is that the one? Anyway, yeah, there is a Bristol one. Um, but it has no passing loops. Only a one train per hour service would be possible. Opinions? Yeah, opinions are. Um, it's just political cowardice because the Treasury doesn't want to give anyone any money and it relies on stupid business cases that don't make any sense. Railways are a strategic investment. You shouldn't be looking at stupid. They're not a business. They're not a business to be run like. Ugh, anyway, if something has a necessary positive good for people, you can show that it's good for people. Invest the money. Infrastructure investment is good anyway because you're training people with skills, with new skills. You're employing a lot of people, and then you get a thing at the end of it. Like I'm fully Keynesian about this. Invest in infrastructure. Um, if it's sustainable infrastructure that is that has a clear beneficial good um, on a load of useful metrics. And you might say, well, that is business case modeling. Not according to the green book, it ain't. So shred the green book, burn web tag, and uh, disband treasury. Uh, another thing, nationalization is seemingly on the horizon, but how can we organize the railway to actually work? Kind of works pretty well just now. I know you might think, what the hell? But actually, it works pretty well despite all the chaos, like despite all the nonsense. works pretty well. Like... It's amazing what this rail, the railway network does, given that we haven't built any, really haven't built any extra tracks and the railway, you know, ridership is like on its, on its way to tripling. It's amazing. Yes, there are things that are stupid. Yes, rolling stock should be owned by the state. Yes, all these things. But to be honest, we just need to, it shouldn't be revolution. It should be evolution. Make sure that you've got the right people in the right place. You know, the people like the David Horns of the world, keep them in the right place. Um, keeping it they know what they're doing they're brilliant they love the railway they love moving getting people moving and they also collaborate well with the other parts of the industry you know infrastructure and freight even and keep the right people in the right place um and you're on a winner uh let's have a look nationalization similar right oh yeah that's fine um that's all right da, 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 da. Nationalize a nationalization in the railway's current state is just continuing the current privatization method uh, nationalization is now pretty much a sure thing um, you look at the share prices of all of the um, transport operators and they've gone down to like nothing. Um, they're already, all of them were about ready to default anyway. They were like on the front. Train operating companies don't make any money anymore. The only thing they make money on doing is reducing staffing. Um, <clears throat> I didn't say that. Um, but even then, they just don't make any money. So all of them are like 
teetering on the edge. Franchising just ended up killing itself. You can't run when a railway is as busy as it is now. It just doesn't. There is no competition. There is no commercial element at play at all. So they're all going to be national. And now coronavirus means they're all going to get nationalised. So that and I don't think they'll change. That'll change anytime soon because no one will want to get them back. They'll be like, oh great, we got defaulted on our contract, but coronavirus saved us. We're not doing that again. So I don't think you'll see private companies bothering to get involved uh, again. To be honest, uh, there's no money in it. Not in the UK. They'll go over to Europe, where Europe is like ten. European policy is like ten years behind the UK when it comes to rail. So they were like, "Oh, privatization worked really well. Look at their ridership." Uh, and so the fourth rail package has gone out, which involves trying to convert the European rail network into the way the British one does. Just at the point where the British one is collapsing. Uh, really good, solid work there. Poor old Europe. Um, I love the love lots of things about the EU, but uh, rail policy is one that's a seriously it's rubbish, rubbish on rail. Can we mass produce wheelchair accessible footbridges? Yep, don't see why not. Uh, that's David. Sarah asks, uh, oh no, she's just saying that Patrick McLaughlin overruled the bean counters on pacer removal because come on, they're pacers. Yeah, that's it, it happens. Don't get me wrong. BCRs fall to the wayside when there's a political need. Um, why does the rest of the UK, what time is it? 57, oh gosh. Right. Uh, Port's head, yep. Uh, business case analysis, yep. Okay, right. We're going to have to, what have I said? I've said stuff. I'm going to have to wrap it up because I don't want it to be longer than an hour. Um, that see what I mean? It just disappears. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining. Um, I'm going to try and do these. I don't know. Would you Would you be interested in this happening weekly? Would it be too much? Would it be ridiculous? Too weekly? What do you think? Um, so it'd be nice to have it more. Like I'll have guests. I'll, I'll make it a bit better. <laughs> At the moment, it's just me in in here, um, surrounded by things um, and biscuits, which I'm glad I didn't eat because I have a this mic, which would be a disaster. Um, Yes, people would be interested. Uh, what, in like doing one every two months? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, two weeks, probably weekly is good. Weekly mixture of, yeah, people are interested. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, well, every week sounds good. Well, cool. Okay, weekly, we'll try weekly. Um, obviously, you know, I'll have holidays and stuff, but if I try weekly for now, we'll see what happens. Um, oh, chuck into the thing. I'll, I'll probably think of, of one anyway, but feel free to like, Type in um, oh, 15 minutes later. I know 15 minutes later might be convenient for people, but um, this slots nicely into me and Dina's schedule. And it means that I don't get in the way of, of like our time because she's off doing exciting things in the evening. Um, so I can use this time usefully. So um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Get Gary and, and uh, Sarah. It'd be a pleasure to have, uh, have you on as a guest if I work out decoding and also how to do this remotely. I don't know. Obviously, we all be in different places. Anyway, we'll get there. Um, and particularly as coronavirus means we're all indoors, we're going to have to chat a lot about railways and not look at them. So this is like therapy, right? Um, I've got 25 seconds left. Um, everyone, that was that was that was quite fun. I enjoyed that. I don't know if I said anything of what I was supposed to say, but we've had chats. Um, there's so much chat. This I need to get better at, but we'll get there. Flip chart behind me. No, I have slides. I'm going to try and get slides working. A flip chart would just look weird, and the lighting in here is not very good. Right. Anyway. Bye, 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 bye. Cheerio, cheerio. Thanks, everyone.